Now, we should be joined on the phone by Stephen O'Shea. Stephen, can you hear us on right? I can indeed, yeah. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah, you're very welcome to Scarif Bay Community Radio. And would you believe I was just looking at your blog there on your website and you have worked with, um, as journalist and television producer at RTE and Al Jazeera. You know, so we're really, really humbled and delighted that you take the time to talk to us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio in East ah, Clare. Delighted, you know? delighted. So you're um, Deputy Chief uh, Executive Officer of the European Movement, is that correct? That's correct, Tom. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Will you tell us a little bit about the European Movement and the, the organisation? Yeah, you're... so the Europe, European Movement Ireland is Ireland's longest established uh, organisation working on Irish-EU relations. So we were founded in 1954, and the aim of the organisation is to promote good relations between Ireland and the EU at all levels. So from we run programmes with primary school children, with businesses, with the general public, uh, and we work then with uh, European institutions and uh, political and officials uh, in in Dublin also. So it was essentially founded, Tom, way back then uh, in 1954 to, I suppose, drive uh, the push towards Ireland joining the European Union, which it eventually did in 1973. It'll be 50 years next year, hard to believe. 50 years on the 1st of January, yes, yeah. 50 years on the 1st of January, and the referendum uh, in which Ireland voted to join was on the 10th of May 1972, um, so it was, we were marking that anniversary just about two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. And the European movement used to be, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Stephen, out in different parts of Ireland, because, for instance, when I lived in Northern Ireland, of course, mm. I was a member of the European movement there. And then when I moved to live in this area, uh, my husband and I were both members of the European movement for a while in Limerick. So have you sort of retreated into <laughs> into Leinster to Dublin or are, no, have you well, still I, got I, branches I, countrywide or? How's that yeah, working? no, I suppose the organisation has changed. We certainly haven't retreated, but but the organisation has changed a little bit over the years in terms of how it delivers um, its programmes and how it engages with people. So, mm -hmm. you know, particularly in the last decade, um, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, our activity has moved towards have hosting, you know, public meetings and consultations mm -hmm. around the country. So we were delighted uh, just in February and March to be able to get back out and about doing that after two years where we held uh, town halls in Galway and Donegal and in Cork. Um, but I suppose like, you know, all membership based organizations like political parties or whatever it may be, um, that branch structure uh, has become harder to maintain uh, over the, the last uh, decade or two. So the focus really now is going to engage with people in towns and villages um, across the country. All that work, unfortunately, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, because it, it allowed us to do things in different ways. But all that work, of course, moved online in the last two years. So it's really only in the last kind of two or three months that we've been starting to get out and about uh, physically again. We're very active, I, I should say, as well in universities. Um, we have a, a, a lot of uh, student uh, members of the organisations and we do a lot of work on university campuses across the country uh, on, on EU issues and particularly on, you know, talking to and engaging with students on the employment uh, opportunities 
uh, available uh, in Brussels, both in the European institutions and in the wider uh, EU sort of bubble as well, if you like. Yes, I recently attended uh, the conference in the University of Limerick on uh, the Irish, uh, the European dimension in Irish education. And I met somebody there who was actually responsible for recruitment of stagiaire. That's when young people, I think, can do a period of time working in Brussels. And she was saying that she'd like to see more Irish, young Irish people going forward for stagiaire posts because there hadn't been so many of them, I think. So I'm wondering yeah. if, if, they, if people are not, in, if young people in particular are perhaps less engaged with the idea of Europe than, say, people of my generation would be, you know, perhaps because they can take it for granted because Europe has done so much for us. Um, it's almost a matter of taking it for granted now, whereas in my generation, which was just post-war, you know, there was the rebuilding of Europe and so much has been done for the country through European grants, the European uh, Regional Development Fund, for example, and many other schemes. Um, you know, are young people today as aware of the benefits of being in Europe as as they may be? Well, I, I think I think you're right. I think there is, you know, I think there is a there is a challenge there. I mean, what I would say is I think European membership has become a fact of life, which is great on the yes. one hand. Yes. yes. Um, but uh, but on but on the other hand, then that presents a challenge in terms of, you know engaging people with something that is you know a fact of life uh you know a bit like you know i won't not to be flippant but a bit like sort of the sky is blue you know <laughs> so we uh, and and that's kind of a key a key part of of our work and, and and engaging with young people is a key part of our work and we start that early um mm -hmm. so we run a, a primary school programs called the, the blue star program in hundreds of primary schools across the country um uh, just informing and educating, you know, very young young people about the benefits of membership, but also about, you know, the cultures of other European countries, the food, the languages, the, the cities. Um, and then we continue that right up to the, the third level sector and um, where it is, you know, more focused on, you know, debate and discourse. Mm -hmm. And also then, as you mentioned, uh, the careers aspect of it as well. The careers aspect has changed. I think you're right in, in, in saying that we were, Ireland was very successful uh, in the probably the three decades after it first joined in uh, recruiting people into the institutions. And then when those people were there, they prospered uh, yes. in very senior uh, positions. I mean, it, it's quite remarkable that two secretaries general of the European uh, Commission uh, have been Irish, uh, two out of eight in the entire history of that institution. And but what the challenge we have at the moment or the challenge that we're seeing at the moment is that a lot of those people who who did very well um, are approaching retirement yes. um, and the pipeline mm. going in uh, to the institutions at graduate level is uh, less strong than than we would like. And there's a number of reasons for that. Yeah. The union is obviously bigger. So the challenge to, to get people in is mm -hmm. is is greater. But as well as that, I think, you know, there are other opportunities now, which is, a, a, you know, a, a double edged sword. But there are other opportunities uh, for a very attractive opportunities for young people. So the European Union and the institutions as an employer has to compete, um, um, you know, with the likes of uh, the tech companies or whatever else. Yeah. It might yes. Be. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you uh, commissioned a Red Sea poll. Um, yes. 
especially for to mark the 50th anniversary of Ireland's votes to join the EU in May 1972. And I just wonder, um, the, the first part of that poll you published quite recently, and I'm just wondering if the um, the poll showed, how, how do you think the poll reflected what's happening in Ireland today? Do you think that the largely positive outcome of that poll uh, is a true reflection of, of how people are thinking about the EU? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think it's encouraging broadly. I mean, yeah. 88% of people nationally agree that Ireland uh, should remain uh, a member uh, of the European Union uh, down in, in, in Munster. Uh, that is 89% so broadly yes. with the, the national the national average. And, you know, across all age groups, you know, the, it, it goes from sort of 83 to 92%. So, so I think it's, uh, it's quite encouraging in, in that respect. Um, we also then asked people, you know, if they if they felt that, you know, the European Union has had a positive impact on their own lives, either directly or indirectly. Um, and again, you know, 79% of people agreed uh, nationally um, that it that it had. Now, a question we asked last year, and we, we will be doing another um, uh, set of questions on this polling in uh, September. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it'll be interesting because a question we asked last year was, do you feel that the EU is going in the right direction? Mm-hmm. And uh, the numbers, uh, the percentages agreeing with that statement were considerably lower. So I think <laughs> while, you know, people remain, you know, very supportive of Ireland's membership, uh, they do have views about the direction uh, the EU should take. And I suppose engaging people on those more granular issues, if you like, and informing people on those more granular issues is important uh, to ensure that that you know broad level of support holds up, I suppose. Yes, I, certainly in particular areas, uh, those numbers drop considerably. I, I notice, for example, uh, in relation to the statement, Ireland should be part of increased EU defence and security cooperation. Only 59% agreed with that statement. 26% disagreed and 14% said don't know. So it's just in terms of everything that's going on in Europe at the moment uh, with defence and so on. I'm sure that has been an influence of people's thinking about that. Uh, you know, whether our neutrality should remain or whether we should become uh, more part of the European defence. Or the NATO system here. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think with that, that question is interesting. As you say, 59% agree that Ireland should be part of the more EU defence and security cooperation. We, we, we did the fieldwork on the poll in, in late March, so about a month after the invasion of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, we didn't, the, 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 the number agreeing is up 5% on last year, um, which really isn't a huge leap i think um i in, thought it would probably have been more yeah 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 and i i have to be honest i i i you know i wouldn't have been surprised if it was more i would have put it that way tom yeah um, but but obviously i think you know i think you're right i think you know conflicting with that or aligned to that is you know the very strong attachment that irish people have to you know, the, the status of neutrality. And yeah. so I think, yeah. you know, you see that kind of conflict there in, mm-hmm. in, in 
those numbers. I'm asking you this sort of back to front, really, Stephen, but how do you select mm. people to be part of that poll? Um, for instance, if, so we if, c- if people want to yeah. participate in us, is it a matter of getting in touch with the European movement or how does that work? No, so... So we commission, we commission uh, to keep us sort of all, all in line. We commission Red Sea um, on our behalf. Oh, and Red yeah. Sea uh, from their um, polling panels randomly uh, sample and select a thousand people um, across the country, nice. um, mm-hmm. and uh, with you know across all age groups and geographical areas, um, and they conduct it uh, on our on our behalf. So uh, we are in terms of. The people who receive and answer the questions, we're at a remove from that as, a, as it should be to ensure that uh, that the results are as accurate yes. as they possibly well, can be. Thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, Stephen, you know, as there were no members of the EU, we call it the EU, it wasn't the EU then, but for 50 years. Have we been good members of the class? I think on the whole, um, I think on the whole, we probably have. Yeah. Um, I mean, there has been, you know, there has been bumps um, uh, along the way. I mean, if you think back to the, the uh, in the early 2000s, the defeats in the, in the uh, Nice and Lisbon treaties. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I mean, there has been you know other bumps along the way but but i think by and large you know i mean i think it's accepted in ireland that the eu has been good for ireland and i think you know it it's accepted in in and more than accepted in in brussels that you know ireland now certainly today um is an integral um uh, member state of the european union and one that you know plays quite an active part. I mean, we're seeing that, I think, more and more over the last decade. You know, Ireland yeah. is, um, is, is, uh, is really in the, th- in the thick of it more and more when the big issues are being decided. Yeah, and it's something that our neighbours never fully embraced the uh, concept of an EU, European Union. And it's probably led to the reason. No, and, for, I, yeah. I, and I think it's interesting, Tom, when you go back and look at the referendum kind of debates from the seventh from 1972, you know, one of the main attractions for Ireland was to, um, you know, decrease our reliance on imports to the British market and the British market and our links, economic yes, links yes. to the British market. Mm-hmm. So there was almost a built in incentive there from the start to be good Europeans because yes. that would allow us to di- diversify away from a near total reliance on Britain economically. Yes. Indeed, and of course the Brits never enge- or, uh, embraced the euro as a currency, you know, and that, you know, it was just another uh, thing that they just didn't. But, um, exactly. I know, yeah. I for one, I was shocked that they, they voted to leave Europe, you know, but, uh, at the time. And um, the, even though they're backtracking on some aspects of it now, we won't go into the Northern Ireland Protocol and all that at the minute, but, you know, some of the, the real tough Brexit decisions that were to be brought in were to come in from the 1st of July, but they've been put back until at least the end of next year now for border checks. So maybe in time the Brexit mightn't be as severe as it could be. I think it's going to, I mean, I think it's going to, you know, take time to, you know, take the political heat out of the situation um, and to kind of, you know, when the, the relationship, my view on it is, you know, the relationship will improve once the attention is off it. But I think that's going to take, you know, a number of years. I mean, it's interesting, you know, 
people would, you know, in Brussels on, on other aspects of the kind of trade agreement with the UK, you know, outside of the, the protocol and other of the, more of the mundane aspects, you know, people, officials would say it's working quite well. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I think there is potential there for cooperation, but it's very difficult uh, in terms of the protocol at the moment. But you're right, I'm probably not the best subject for a, uh, an easy Saturday morning. <laughs> no, 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 indeed. Yeah. And i just going to throw this at you now and to see how you uh, A number of years ago, I met a lady from Canada, actually, and I think they were probably listening to some of the Canadian media and the, uh, I suppose, the, um, the, the news that they were being fed. She said, you know, the whole European project, she said, it's failed. You know, it's a failed project. And I did my best to defend it. Yeah. So if I throw that to you, what do you think, you know, the, the European project since it started post-World War Two, Has it been a success? Well, I Work think it, you know, nothing is, nothing is uh, you know, nothing is perfect. Um, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I think on the, on the whole, you know, it has obviously um, been a success if you look at Europe now in terms of, you know, its economic position. You know, broadly, with the exception of the terrible uh, events in Ukraine, you know, yes. it, it has, you know, broadly been been peaceful since the Second World War. And I mean, if you just look at, you know, at a very, you know, human level, if you look at all of the things, you know, we're coming into summer, the fact that we can now get on, you know, we can get on a flight uh, um, and go to Spain or Portugal, you know, quite affordably. Uh, without visas or checks or whatever else it might be, we can get on a plane and go and work in France or study in Belgium. So I think, on a very human level, um, you know, it has also it has also been a success. That's not to say, you know, that there there have been uh, challenges. You know, the financial crisis of a decade ago, I think, probably wasn't the finest moment, um, and there have been other, you know, challenges along the way. But I think, you know, the system that we have uh, has left us better off than if we were without it but I, I you know i think you know the trick or, or the challenge with all of these things is you know to keep working at it to yes, keep evolving yes, it yeah, uh, yeah. in a way and and it, that, that works ultimately and um, for people because that's what so, it's all about so if, Stephen, if people would like to join the european movement how would they get in touch or so they can go to our website, uh, which is europeanmovement.ie, um, and all the details um, are there. Um, also, they we have a lot of uh, we run a lot of online events and have a lot of publications there, which people can access uh, for free um, uh, without having to or, or without being a member of the organisation. Um, and as I say. You know, if, if people listening in, in universities or who are students or if there are school uh, uh, schools um, uh, listening, they can join our Blue Star program for primary schools. And also we will be back with a bang around the country over the, the, the coming months as well. Uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll see people there along the way. Well, that's great. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this morning, my Stephen. my pleasure. And uh, we hope to talk to you again, uh, perhaps when the yes. next survey comes anytime, out. Anytime, anytime. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, okay. Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Interesting chat with the man and yeah, great to get an opportunity to talk to somebody at that level in the European movement and given his history of where he has worked and all of that. 